Thanks for joining me as we've gone through the book of 2 Samuel these last 24 days. And uh, we've now come to the last chapter. Let's read that together. Again, Yahweh's anger burned against Israel, and he moved David against them, saying, Go count Israel and Judah. The king said to Joab, the captain of the army who was with him, Now go back and forth through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and count the people, that I may know the sum of the people. Joab said to the king, Now may Yahweh your God add to the people, however many they may be, one hundred times, and may the eyes of my lord the king see it. But why does my king the Lord delight in this thing? Notwithstanding, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the army. Joab and the captains of the army went out from the presence of the king to count the people of Israel. They passed over the Jordan and encamped in Aroah on the right side of the city that is in the middle of the valley of Gad and to Jazer. And they came to Gilead and to the land of Tartim Hodchi and they came to Dan Jaan and around to Sidon, and they came to the stronghold of Tyre, and to all the cities of the Hivites, and of the Canaanites, and they went out of the south of Judah at Beersheba. So when they had gone back and forth through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. Joab gave up the sum of the counting of the people to the king, and there were in Israel eight hundred thousand valiant men who drew the sword, and the men of Judah were five hundred thousand men. David's harks heart struck him after he had counted the people. And David said to Yahweh, I have sinned greatly in that which I have done. But now Yahweh put away, I beg you, the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. When David rose up in the morning, Yahweh's word came to the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, go and speak to David. Yahweh says, I offer you three things. Choose one of them that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to you in the land? Or will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days pestilence in your land? Now answer and consider what answer I shall return to him who sent me. David said to Gad, I am in distress. Let us fall now into Yahweh's hand, for his mercies are great. Let me not fall into man's hands. So, Yahweh sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning even to the appointed time, and 70,000 men died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba. When the angel stretched out his hand towards Jerusalem to destroy it, Yahweh relented of the disaster and said to the angel who destroyed the people, It is enough. Now withdraw your hand. Yahweh's angel was by the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. David spoke to Yahweh when he saw the angel who struck the people and said, Behold, I have sinned, and I have done perversely. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand be against me and against my father's house. Gad came that day to David and said to him, Go up, build an altar to Yahweh on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. David went up according to the saying of Gad, as Yahweh commanded. Aruna looked out and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. Then Aruna went out and bowed himself before the king with his face to the ground. Aruna said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? David said, To buy your threshing floor, to build an altar to Yahweh, that the plague may be stopped from afflicting the people. Aruna said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Behold the cattle for the burnt offering, and the threshing instruments and the yokes of the oxen for the wood, 
All this, O king, does Aruna give to the king. Aruna said to the king, May Yahweh your God accept you. The king said to Aruna, No, I will most certainly buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to Yahweh my God, which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. David built an altar to Yahweh there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So Yahweh was entreated for the land and the plague was removed from Israel. So that there is the end of 2 Samuel. And it doesn't finish with a the end or anything like that. <laughs> so if you didn't know better, you wouldn't know it was the end. It actually can, the story just keeps going right into the book of Kings. And um, it's, it's the Bible. <laughs> and um, the book of Kings are apparently written by Jeremiah the prophet. And, and this book is written by Gad the prophet. Um, but they didn't have the niceties of you know, modern historical books that says, you know, thus ends the stories of David or anything like that. That's it. Now, what's so interesting here is that we've got the same story that we just read told again in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 21. And there's a couple of things that are different between the two telling the two versions of the telling. And um, that they've caused endless debates. <laughs> so I'm going to go through the three big differences. So number one, here in this version, it says that God was mad with Israel and he moved on David to take a census. In 1 Chronicles 21, it says that Satan enticed David to make to take a census. So all right, one version says that God was angry with Israel and he moved on David. The other version says Satan enticed. Is it God or is it, <laughs> is it Satan? And why would God want David to do something wrong? So of course, there's endless debates about this. Now I want to, to um, put you in remembrance of several other things that were, have been very like this through the Bible so far. One of them was when Saul, you know, Saul went mad and the Bible said an evil spirit from God tormented him. <laughs> so did the evil spirit really come from God? And so we've got, and there's another example is with Job. You know, Job is uh, a blameless man, but the devil goes and accuses Job of not being blameless. And God says to the devil, all right, you can have a go at him then. So it, God gives the approval, but Satan does the actual thing. But later on, when Job's complaining, he, he doesn't blame the devil, he blames God. So you've got this confluence where the truth be told of it, in all of these circumstances, it's the devil which does the wrong thing, but God allows it. And I think God allows it because, as it says in this version, he was angry with Israel. And this is what happens to us sometimes. If we have our hearts so set on doing evil, um, because our hearts are set on doing what's wrong, the Lord allows us to be led away by the thing. Now, he doesn't like it. It's the devil that does the leading away, but the Lord allows it because of his, because of his great wisdom. And so there's, there's not really a disagreement here if you understand how these things work properly. And the lesson that we learn from it is that we, we don't want to be in the place where we set our will against what God wants because the Lord does eventually relent. I mean, there's that story in the book of Exodus where the people were grumbling and complaining and they wanted meat and, and eventually the Bible says the Lord relented, but then the next thing was 
punishment and death was in the camp. So sometimes the Lord gives in, but the Lord gives in and it leads to terrible stuff. It's, it's always far more complicated than, than just the simple phrase of saying that God did this. It's true, but it's much more complicated than that. And so here's an example. And um, so we've got, that's that first difference right there. The next two differences, one of them has to do with the numbers of the census. So Joab goes out to count. And it says here that he came back and there were 800 fighting men in Israel and 500,000 so 800, fighting men in Israel and 500,000 fighting men in Judah. You add them up, you get 1.3 million fighting men. But in the 1 Chronicles 21 version, it says there were 1.1 million fighting men in Israel and 470,000 fighting men in Judah. So that's a pretty big difference. <laughs> There's a lot more in the Chronicles version than in this version, uh, about 370,000 more. So what could explain that difference? And um, well, the Chronicles version actually explains the difference. In the detail of the story, it actually gives more information than what we have here. What we've got here are rounded numbers. So what happened in the Chronicles version was it explained that Joab his heart wasn't in the census, and he actually gave up. At a certain point, he gave up on, on doing the census, and so what we've got is an estimate in the Chronicles version of the amount of people it would have been if the census was complete, but here we've got the amount of people that were actually counted. So that's the difference right there. So that's a, an explanation, at least that's one plausible explanation for the difference. And I think the Lord, he allows these little differences in the Bible because you've got people out there who are they're looking for any little difference they can find so that they can disbelieve the entire thing. <laughs> and um, it's, it, it'd be a little bit like you're sitting at the corner of a, a traffic intersection and you see a, um, a man, you know, step out into the intersection and he doesn't look where he's going and he gets struck by a car and he, he, he's terribly injured and you have to call an ambulance and, and the car that struck him, it's a hit and run, they take off. And uh, you, you, um, you, you're an observer, but there's another observer there too. You know, there's two witnesses. And uh, you say to the police, oh, you know, he got hit by the car and it was a purple color and, and the other witness says, yeah, he got hit by the car, but it was a pink color. And uh, well, was it pink or purple? And um, well, the truth is it looked purple to you, but it looked pink to them. And sometimes there's just, it's just perspective, but you wouldn't disbelieve the entire story based upon that. Now, what we've got here is we do have these differences in the Bible. You know, there's probably 30, 40, 50, 60 little examples of differences like this that we found. And I've explained other differences as we've gone through. And so far, every single one has a plausible explanation, but, there's a lot of people that don't want to find a plausible explanation. They want to just find something that sounds out and then they throw the entire thing away. Well, if our police investigators thought like this, they'd never bring anyone to justice. <laughs> and if, if people think like that, they're never going to find salvation because they're throwing out the thing before they can properly investigate it. But once you properly investigate Christ, in the Bible, you find that it warms the heart and draws you in and you realize what we're holding here is a precious, precious book, the truth, the word of God. 
And so I think there's something in it. You know, Joab, he, he didn't want to do this census. And so he gives up and he just, he just comes back to David and says, these are the numbers I found. But in the other version, it has the, the, the bigger estimation of what the numbers really would have been. Finally, at the end of this chapter, it says that David went to the, the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. In this version, it says he offered him 50 shekels of silver and bought the threshing floor. In the Chronicles version, it says he paid him 600 shekels of silver. The difference there is that in the Chronicles version, he buys his entire property. But here, he paid 50 shekels for the threshing floor. Both are true. He bought the entire property, including the threshing floor, and he paid 600 shekels, but the price for the threshing floor was 50 shekels. So there's just some little differences there. Once you dig a little bit deeper, you find that there are answers to them all. Now in this story, David chooses the punishment. There were three punishments offered to him, and he, he doesn't actually choose one, you'll notice. He says, let, you know, let me not be delivered into the hand of man, let me deliver it into the hand of the Lord, for the Lord is merciful. So that's interpreted to be, well that could have been the first one, the famine, that's the Lord's hand, or it could have been the third one, the pestilence. So the Lord chooses the quick one. David doesn't actually choose. But you notice that the pestilence is what you see on the surface. It's the thing that's afflicting people, but there's a spiritual layer to it. And in the spiritual layer, there's an angel, an angel with a sword, you know, that's going around killing people. You'll see more details of that in the Chronicles version. And so this is how reality works. Reality works where there are spiritual things, spiritual causes, and natural things, natural causes, and they work together at the same time. And so we often find that when we're praying, a spiritual prayer solves a physical problem. That's often the way. And so we must keep this in mind as Christians. So now we've come to the end of 2 Samuel chapter, you know, 2 Samuel chapter 24 is the end. Tomorrow we're going to go into the book of 1 Kings, but the story will continue. 1 Kings is where David, uh, we're right at the end of David's life, and we're now about to move into all the kings of Israel, and we're about to leave behind uh, a very, very good king, and we're about to enter into the lives of many, many, many not-so-good kings, <laughs> but a few good ones. I wanted to just make a final comment on David before we start to move on from him. David is someone who's, who represents Christ. He's a picture of Christ. In so many of the chapters, he does things that only Christ would do. And there's a lot to learn from him. But at the same time, he's a very, very human person. He's a warrior. He's someone that killed people. He's someone that fell into sin with the whole Bathsheba and Uriah thing. He's someone that struggled with family. He didn't raise his children as well as what you think someone should. He's very, very human as well. We've got to be careful not to blame him. And I just want to say that David is a picture of you and me in this regard. You represent Christ to all those around you, but you are very much a human. I represent Christ to everyone around me, but I am very much a human as well. So David is a great picture for you and for I, so we need to be people who, who are seeking the Lord all the time, mindful of how our actions affect other people, and wanting to be people that impart grace and righteousness and mercy to those all around us. So Lord, help us to do that. Thank you for the book of 2 Samuel. Thank you for all we learn in this. And I pray that you'd help us to remember that we represent Christ to all those around us and let mercy come to us and from us to others. Lord, bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.